who are you and who is she across the aisle? Well, the she was Corey Tenboom. And the woman who came to sit next to me was her traveling companion at that point, Ellen DeCroon. And uh, during the course of the flight, Ellen asked me a lot of questions. She asked if I was a Christian. I said yes, because I had grown up in a church. I thought I was. (laughs) It was clear to her that I wasn't. Welcome to the Eden Podcast, where we true the verse of Genesis 3.16, and we discover that God didn't curse Eve or Adam or limit woman in any way. This is True Talk Tuesday, and I'm Bruce C.E. Fleming, Executive Director of the True 316 Foundation. My co-host for today is Dr. Don Owsley. And Don, would you introduce our special guest? Certainly. We're glad uh, to have with us Beth Moorhead. And she's the Director of the Counseling Ministry at Westgate Church in Plymouth, Minnesota. Do I have that right? Yes, that's right. All right, got to make sure I I get this down. Uh, You graduated from Northwestern State in St. Paul with a degree in Christian ministry. And you completed a two-year master's degree level program in pastoral counseling. Mm -hmm. Uh, You served and you still serve in women's ministries and prayer ministry. Uh, You lead a small staff of people in counseling. Is that correct? Yes, correct. Wow, Mm -hmm. you're busy. Yeah. You lead three prayer groups each week, and you're married for 43 years to Ian Moorhead, a retired emergency physician, and you're a mom of two married daughters and a grandmother of four. Do you have any time? Do you sleep at all or take a break? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I have plenty of time. (laughs) Life is is full. And actually, I'm no longer involved so much with women's ministries. I've done that in the past, but now it's primarily counseling and some uh, prayer groups. Very good. Wow. Well, that certainly would keep you very busy. Yes. Well, welcome aboard, Beth. We're so Thank glad. You. That, um, I Beth found out about us when we had our very first True 316 Day and uh, her church hosted us. So mm-hmm. thank you for that. <laughs> yes. And uh, Beth is now one of our true partners. And mm-hmm. uh, and her Joy, my wife, Dr. Joy Fleming, is a psychologist and counselor. And so we're very much on, on your team, interested in ministering and want to find out what it's like to counsel so many people. How many, how many people do you see in a year at your church? Well, our team generally sees between eight and 900. Uh, we have appointments uh, over the course of a year. Wow. Yeah. And they just come right into the church building and sit down in the sanctuary and well, they, we have a counseling office and we, we use other offices. Sometimes we have as many as three counseling appointments going at the same time. So we use whatever space we can find that's private and uh, keep things confidential. That's, that's amazing. Yeah, that's great. Well, I'm not sure how, what your background is. Can you tell us what your faith story, how did you come to know Christ and start growing in him? Beth? Yes, I'd love to. I have quite a story. Um, I grew up in a church where I learned a lot about God, but they didn't speak in terms of relationship. And I actually drifted away from from the church over the years. Um, After graduating from high school, I went to college for a couple of years, but had no sense of direction or purpose until I ran into a friend from high school who had become a flight attendant. And as I listened to her talk about her work as a flight attendant, I thought it sounded pretty good. So I went and applied at Northwest Airlines and got a job as a flight attendant. I uh, quit school at that point, thinking I would go back when I figured out what I wanted to do. 
And I worked as a flight attendant for 10 years. And about three years into my career as a flight attendant, um, I had um, broken up with someone I had been dating and decided to take a break and went out to the West Coast to visit some relatives. And on my way home, I was changing planes in Seattle and actually got onto an earlier flight than I anticipated and uh, just took the first open seat I could find in the back of a DC-10. And as the flight progressed, um, I noticed there were two women across the aisle from me. People kept going up and introducing themselves, shaking hands with them. I was trying to figure out who they were, and they didn't look familiar to me. Uh, but then the man sitting next to me moved to a place where he would have more space. So one of the women, the younger woman, moved over and sat next to me. And I said, who are you and who is she across the aisle? Well, the she was Corey Tenboom. And the woman who came to sit next to me was her traveling companion at that point, Ellen DeCroon. And uh, during the course of the flight, Ellen asked me a lot of questions. She asked if I was a Christian. I said yes, because I had grown up in a church. I thought I was. <laughs> it was clear to her that I wasn't as she asked more questions. She asked if I read the Bible. And I said, no, it didn't really make sense to me. So she told me Corey's story. And Corey's story was particularly interesting to me because um, my dad was a prisoner of war uh, for three and a half years during the Second World War and was in the Bataan Death March. He was a survivor of the Death March. And Corey, of, of course, was a survivor of the concentration camps, the German concentration camps. And she had um, written a book called The Hiding Place. When I met Corey and Ellen, uh, the book had been published and the movie was being uh, produced here in the in the Twin Cities. And so Ellen and I talked. Um, the rest of the flight, when we landed, uh, she introduced me to Corey. I shook her hand, walked off the plane. I did buy a copy of The Hiding Place and a living Bible and started reading. Uh, I knew that Corey was speaking in the Twin Cities, but I had no intention of going to hear her speak until I met. I ran into Ellen on another flight where I was working just a few days later. And she said, you really must come and hear Corey speak. And I thought, I think I'm supposed to hear this woman. <laughs> so my mother and I did go and hear Corey speak. And that was the first time I really heard the gospel and understood it and realized how much I needed the Lord, that I had really made quite a mess of my life on my own. So when she gave us an opportunity to pray, I did I confess and uh, my sin and ask the Lord to come into my life. And uh, it's it has not been the same since then. Um, so that was, and I actually found out later that, you know, I wasn't supposed to be on that flight initially. And I found out that Corey and Ellen weren't scheduled to be on that flight either. They had actually gotten on the wrong plane, which would, or the wrong flight. They were a day early, which would not happen today, but it did happen then. And, uh, they were right on time for my, for my life. So that was how I came to know the Lord. And then, um, through a friend of theirs, I got to know some of the Christian pilots and flight attendants at Northwest and got into a weekly Bible study and uh, just started growing uh, in that way. Wow. Yeah. How providential. What a story. Yes. I, I'd say God moved mountains to get my attention. That's how much he loves us. He's willing to move mountains to, <laughs> to get our attention and to draw us to himself. You know, I, I remember reading The Hiding Place and I was just so touched by her and I heard her speak at a conference mm -hmm. in, in uh, Lausanne, Switzerland and uh -huh. uh, all the different things that she, the way the Lord blessed her and you now mm -hmm. are also, I can understand you are part of the fruit of, of Corey Ten Boom's mm -hmm. ministry. Mm -hmm. Well, yes. we all need to, we all need to read, us. we all need to read the book Hiding Place if we haven't done that yet. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. About her and her sister and yes, all the things they did. We've been to the, well. 
we'll stay on your story here. Okay. <laughs> so, so, so now you, you, uh, you know the Lord and you're growing in him, you're feeding on his word. Mm-hmm. And when, when you're, we're, you know, God gives us skills and we get training, but we also get spiritual gifts mm-hmm. when, when the Holy Spirit comes into our heart. So how did you discover what your spiritual gifts were? I assuming that they has to do with counseling. Can you tell us, well, just tell us your, your ministry story, please. Okay. Actually, I never intended to go into counseling. It never even crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. But in uh, 1998, my husband and I went through a crisis in our marriage and I had focused on raising our kids. He had focused on his career and we just grew apart over the years. And when our oldest was starting college, our marriage really hit the wall. And um, we went to some Christian counselors. They were Christians, but they didn't really involve the, their faith in their counseling. And we we didn't get any help from them. They were professional therapists. Um, so we stopped seeing them, but we were attending this church, which at the time was called Wyzetta Free Church. And the man who was the senior pastor here, George Kenworthy, had started a counseling ministry. And when I um, I talked to George, I was taking a class he was teaching and told him that we were having some problems and he offered to help. And George started a, um, a plan for counseling. Whenever he met with couples, he would in- ask one of the women on the staff to join them so that the couple would get both the male and female perspectives. And so we met with George and a a woman on the staff um, to get some help. And the Lord really worked through them. And um, I would say miraculously brought our marriage back from the brink of divorce. And when we got on solid ground, I, I decided I really wanted to help other people. I had stayed home while our girls were growing up. I did not work outside of the home. I did a lot of volunteer work, but didn't do anything for pay. And I was, I, I just offered to volunteer. So I, I worked with George as a volunteer for about three years. He mentored me in counseling. And while I was doing that, I went to Northwestern University in St. Paul and got a degree in ministry. And then I went through a two-year program in pastoral counseling. And when I finished school, George informed me that he wanted to focus more on teaching and preaching at that point. And so he handed off the counseling ministry to me. And that was in 2002. Congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Since then, we've continued that practice of having um, a man and a woman counsel couples together. So when I do work with couples, I... Uh, there have been men from our church who have volunteered to work with me over the years. And the Lord just has provided some really incredibly gifted men to work with me. And then on our team, we have uh, two retired uh, professional therapists and we have two couples who do counseling and um, and then a, another couple that uh, focuses mostly on premarital counseling. And um, so that's how we, we've uh, maintained the ministry over over the years. And as I said, we have eight to 900 appointments a year. We do primarily individual counseling and marriage counseling, a little bit of family counseling. And um, I love what I do because I enjoy meeting people, hearing their stories, connecting them with the Lord if they don't know him. And uh, and if they do, just helping them see how to call on him to get his help in whatever situation they're they're facing. We begin and end every session with prayer. And we just really, we feel like we have front row seats to see God work on a, on a regular basis. So to feel comfortable, I assume you put in, you installed airline seating for. for... (laughs) No, but we do have a very nice office. (laughs) (laughs) Good. So then let's pick up what happened on March 16th. You're 
we're over in this real nice uh, space for the for the conference we're starting. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Janine Brown, a uh, member of the NIV Translation Committee, is explaining why it's important to keep up to date with our translations. She gave mm-hmm. us a wonderful keynote. You weren't part of that. So no, I were, during what, earlier what were you doing? The, yeah. earlier in the day, I saw that our fellowship hall was being set up for a special event and the room was so beautifully decorated. And there was a big sign outside of the door that said true 316, and which just made me curious. What you know, what is this about? So I went into the room where the women were decorating and um, asked them. Uh, what it was, and they explained what Truth 316 was about, and that just really piqued my interest. So then I I went on the website, checked out the ministry, and um, I ended up buying um, the first book, uh, the Book of Eden, and um, asked a friend, uh, there's a young woman in our church, uh, she and I do book studies together, oh. we meet on Zoom once a week, and I said, how about if we go through this book? Um, together. So we we did that. And um, it was amazing. Uh, I think the book was the research was so remarkable. And the um, the study guide was so in depth. We just thoroughly enjoyed it. We took our time going through that we would just take one chapter a week went through the book. And it had just have had a, a wonderful experience with that. We bought, bought chapter two or book two. Now we're ready to, mm. to uh, begin that soon. And I have suggested to our pastor what I would like to do is um, use the the book uh, for what we have at our church called learning circles where we offer classes for you know six eight weeks at a time and discuss a particular topic I think this would be a great great material for a, a learning circle here at our church yeah if they, if, if they could go ahead Don go ahead sounds like it's well received well, it certainly has been by us, and I, I, I think it, it will be. I anticipate that with our with our church as well. I just think the the book is so well. The books are so well researched and presented. Um, and I think there'll be a, a great addition to the things that we have to offer here. So, yeah, some people come to mind. I'd kind of like to give them credit. That was uh, Jean Bearden and Mimi. We met. Were the ones mm-hmm. that did did the the room for us that were decorating okay whole event, yeah. and then Joanne Hagemeyer is the one who worked for many years with the Bible Study Fellowship, and she put the study guides together, uh-huh. and then my wife, Dr. Joy Fleming, did all the research for, yes. for on the Book of Eden. So yes. uh, give give a lot of credit. The Lord is bringing our team together too, and it's exciting to see how we're doing on this. Mm-hmm. And then the book one is the foundation. If you get Genesis three sixteen mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And you realize that God didn't curse Eve or Adam mm-hmm. or limit woman in any way. Mm-hmm. Then you can look at Genesis chapter two with clear eyes and Genesis chapter three, the rest of it the same way. Mm-hmm. And then what happens, you, you, you begin to say, well, what about the New Testament passages that refer to Eden? Right. So the one you mentioned there, book two is called Beyond Eden. Mm-hmm. And in that we talk about Ephesians five and six. So the foundation in book one, we have four in the Eden book series, mm-hmm. but the foundation of book one, and then the church and getting along together in the body of Christ in book two, those are, those are, you've got the, you've got the big, big time, rich books right there. That sounds okay. great. Yeah. I'm really excited about uh, studying the the other three books in the series. It's, uh, it's just so well done. So can you, you, you wanted me to know, you had a series when you had a special speaker came in and it was talking about, um, don't minimize women or, uh, I'm trying to remember what the, the sermon series was, was talking about. 
I don't remember the sermon series so much, but uh, the person I was mentioned to you was um, Peter Kapsner. Oh, yeah. Peter does a lot of teaching at Northwestern and also at Bethel and teaches classes on human sexuality and is a real proponent of the equality uh, between men and women. He was one of the first speakers I heard years ago at one of our marriage retreats. He was he was um, teaching on, on Genesis as well. And I think that, you know, he has a very similar perspective on uh, the subject of men and women and what, what the word really has to say about that, the relationships. So we have a full service bank here, a full restaurant. We've got the the one-on-one uh, -on -one counseling. It's good to understand the scripture. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a uh, small group Bible studies on like mm -hmm. you're doing with Zoom and people, mm -hmm. uh, even from the preaching from the pulpit, mm -hmm. all of that. It's just making good use of the scripture, but we want to make sure it's clear and powerful right. and uh, cleared up. Right. I usually ask Don to hit people with a, a zinger question here. Do you have a zinger for for Beth? I'm just curious to see if this is, has impacted uh, your counseling opportunities. Learning about Genesis 3.16 and, and other the, from the book, first book that is. Uh, I don't know that it has directly yet. Um, our our church has really been evolving, I would say, in that area. We have recently, uh, women have recently been um, accepted on the leadership board. We're we're moving in that in that direction. Um, as far as the counseling, I I don't know that this is really much different from the way I have perceived things over the years, and um, that has not been a personal issue for me. I I have really felt honored and respected by the men in my life and treated in an equal way by my father, by my husband, by my um, the pastors I've worked for, both George Kenworthy and our current pastors, Kevin Meyer, has great respect for women and um, and and treats us, I would say, as, as equals. Um, and so I think that's been a message in, in my counseling, um, mostly because of my own experience. But I I also am looking forward to helping educate people really based on the, the work of the scripture. Our church has been known for really standing on the word and maintaining the integrity of the word um, over the years. That's been a, that's been a, a, a real foundation of our, of our church. And I, I'm delighted to be able to add this to our, to our understanding. Great. That's great. Most of the uh, counselees, I don't do much now, but most of them tend to be, um marriages where the husband mm -hmm. is a patriarch mm -hmm. and believes very strongly that the man is in charge he takes the lead he dictates he's the mm -hmm. boss the woman is second she serves him and that, that, that really has been a difficult thing to be able to untangle sure now obviously the woman you see obviously most of the time the women will gravitate towards the message of Genesis 316, mm -hmm. uh, but the men reject it, mm -hmm. even after they study it, because, uh, well, for a variety of reasons. I'm sure. I think those those beliefs are really ingrained and taught for, for so long. I think it's hard to unlearn things yes. like that. Um, we did actually have an experience uh, several years ago. There's a counseling group in the Twin Cities, Traverse Counseling and Consulting, where they asked to partner with us and we did a, a seminar and brought in uh, various therapists from the area to discuss this topic because they were seeing so many women being harmed in the churches 
by that idea. And I, I, you know, over the years, I have met a number of women who, um, when they were having trouble in their marriage, they were told, well, you just submit, you just need to be a good wife and submit. And that that has done so much harm uh, to the to the women and to the families and, and the marriages. And so yes, trying to un uh, help people learn what the Lord really had to say about the, that relationship is is essential. And and I'm glad there are more and more people gaining that understanding and and sharing it. Yeah, which goes against the grain of uh, what we've heard perhaps in the past 20, 30 years by very popular radio teachers mm -hmm. and preachers, mm -hmm. where they would even over the radio would say. Women, go back to your husband, mm -hmm. submit, behave mm -hmm. yourself. Yes. Yeah. I read a commentary and it was, I was looking at Ephesians 5 and it said, this is the longest passage on marriage in Paul's letters in Ephesians mm -hmm. 5. And uh, the more I read it, I thought, uh, <laughs> where the Bible's clear, we got to be clear that the passage, the key verse is the next, the last verse in chapter five, where he says, this is a great mystery. I'm talking about Christ and the church. And the church, yeah. And everything else in the pattern of that passage is turns out it leads up to that key verse mm -hmm. and then leads down from that key verse. Mm -hmm. So the, when he says I'm talking about Christ and the church, he didn't say I'm talking about marriage. Right. Now they use some illustrations from marriage, you know, mm -hmm. in and out. But they the key thing is that we are united in one body joined in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then previously he says be being filled with the spirit in 518. Mm -hmm. And then in 519, he says, speaking to one another, uh, teaching and, and correcting one another. And then he says in 521, submitting yourselves to what? To the teaching and correcting that you got up in 519. Mm -hmm. So when you're filled with the spirit, all of us, husbands and wives, parents and children, if we're mm -hmm. believers, we're teaching, correcting one another, and we're submitting to that teaching and correction. Mm -hmm. And then when he goes on, he says, yeah, and I'll give you a good example, husbands and wives, he starts out with wives, but it means wives and husbands are doing this kind of submitting mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. teaching and correction of one another. That's that's in the body of Christ. This whole passage mm -hmm. is understandable if it's in the body of Christ. You take it outside mm -hmm. of that, and 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 uh, a verse out of context can be a pretext for about anything you want. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's study the scripture. Let's keep our finger on the text. A absolutely. Let's preach and, the word in season and out of season. Let's have a yeah. good time. Yeah. And if the church is the bride of Christ and he laid down his life for the bride, That's I, right. you know, what an incredible example for us. Yeah. So Don, you're part of the body and you are part of the body and I am part of the body. We are all united in the body of Christ. And that's because of his Holy Spirit. He gives us his blessings, his strength and his love. Yes, yes. Oh, well, may your counseling ministries continue to be blessed. Thank and, you. Uh, thank you for blessing us with uh, your episode with us on the Eden podcast today. Thank you. It's been Thanks a real so privilege. True 316 Foundation is the home of the Eden Podcast. Join us for $3.16 a month or more. Let's chew the verses on the key passages on women and men. Go to true316.com slash partner.